Josh Reyes, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, brother. Thanks, man. Finally, I'm on it. <laughs> Finally, bro. <laughs> it's been a super long time coming. Uh, I remember when you were here when I did the podcast with your partner, yep, my yep. business coach, and also very good friend, Mallory. <laughs> um, dude, it's been, it's been a ride, man. It's yeah. a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. There's a lot like there's a lot of different ways I wanted to start this podcast. You okay. know, I wanted to talk to I wanted to tell people the story about you are the reason why I'm sitting in this house <laughs> right now, this studio. I want to talk about your whole journey with LVD fitness and then transitioning to real estate. I want to talk about like a million things. And honestly, that was my biggest like, how do I start this thing? But <laughs> you know what, man, I want to let you take the uh, take the torch here okay. and tell me about your journey. Tell me how it all started, man. How did it all start? Oh, man. I guess. The, the Josh Reyes origin story. The Josh Reyes <laughs> origin story. Hmm. I guess we could start in like high school. Okay. Kind of like before this, we just started, we were chatting about how I was cutting my own hair and then cutting other people's hair. Yep. I feel like I've always been entrepreneurial and it wasn't even... I didn't even think about it back then in high school. It was just another way to make some income, mm -hmm. right? While going to school and capitalizing on my skills, I guess you could say. Yep. But uh, yeah, in high school, that was one of my first side hustles. Um, another one was BlackBerry housing. So like back in the day, Blackberries were the go-to phones. Yep. And they were either black or white. And it's kind of boring. And I found a website from China that shipped different color housings okay and i'm like cool it wasn't that expensive so i got a bunch shipped over and i pretty much was offering housing switches for people to so, have like different so, colored <laughs> so basically when you're asking uh, people for their bbm it just looks a little bit more drippy <laughs> a little bit yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean so i charge for that charge for the install service and just another way to make money um then i wanted to go to school for mechanical engineering because i wanted to design cars i loved okay. cars and then after chemistry and physics i was like no not for me and then the next best thing was business so went to school for business and that's kind of where i fell into more entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and met mallory yep. and started lvd nice okay yeah. so talk to me about what is lvd what made you and mallory want to start this and like what was that all about what was the why there the why, honestly, it was a school project. So LVD stands for Lift, Visualize, Dominate. And okay. we were a... I actually never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it, I'm not a true OG fan. It's, it, it's a, it, <laughs> that's totally fair. We called it LVD a lot. Um, it's kind of like the process, right? So um, in powerlifting, you lift, you work out, get ready for competition. And on competition day, you visualize your execution, right? Before you go compete. And then you just go out there and dominate. So I think it's obviously very specific to powerlifting, but it could be relatable to anything in life, right? Lifting is like pre your preparation. Your visualizing is just you mentally putting yourself in that right space and then dominating and executing when you have to. Boom. Yeah. So I'd say that you're still running LVD to this day. Yeah. Just not, not, not technically as the business, but with all those principles that you just described, I see it. I mean, I know it and I just want to... I just want to dive in and tell people a little bit about how we know each other and stuff. Okay? Sure. Yeah. So 
obviously, like I kind of started telling, like I I knew Mal just from social media and all this stuff. You guys do an incredible job on social media, talking about what you're up to and all that stuff. And I guess I'd caught her at the tail end of LVD yep. when she was still talking about it as if like that was the thing, but she knew that it's on to the next thing. And you're very much a part of that journey. You guys were partners, not only in a business context, but, uh, you know, together as well. Right. And seeing and hearing that story from her on my podcast, I was like, this is really interesting. Like you guys are passionate about powerlifting. You guys create this like apparel company and brand and build a massive community. And like that kind of started spanning across the world, which is like wild coming yeah. off like a project and stuff. Right. I uh, was talking about like and people were ordering it in Japan and like, so, like crazy stuff. It's like, insane. The wow. internet is so powerful. <laughs> it really is, man. But you guys have taken that and like the whole internet, social media, that world. And like, pivoted multiple times and landed at something that like i don't know anyone like you guys like it, it is a genuinely one of the most interesting power couples i know ever and like i'm so like inspired and like lucky to be your guys friends but to give people a little bit of background like mallory was going through some stuff at this time and you know was burning out with the business and mm -hmm. so maybe you want to talk about that from your per perspective a little bit what that was all like being her partner in both contexts during that time yeah i mean i guess it was the era when like gary v really popped off mm. right so he's like hustle 24 7 if you're not doing something productive you're like putting that time to waste so we were like all right so we're gonna work our ass off and just put our heads down and just keep hustling, right? If you want to be as successful as a Gary and some of his friends, right? Yeah. But then we quickly realized that that's not sustainable and that not everyone is like Gary V yeah. and not any, everyone can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she started having some health things that she was figuring out, which at first was just affecting her training, right? So it was really frustrating. But then as we dove into it deeper, it went further than her training and it was just like really affecting her day to day. So that's when she took a break from powerlifting. And from there, it kind of opened her eyes to what she wanted to do um, moving forward with business and also training. And then I kind of grew out of powerlifting as well. Um, I love the sport. Was this kind of at the same time, though? Uh, a little bit after her. Okay. Yeah, like I, I was training and competing maybe a year after she stopped. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just intense. Like I worked out like three to five times a week and at least three of those workouts would be three to four hours. Wow. Yeah. So like, even though it was physically draining, it was also mentally draining yeah. to then go home and then like do a business. Mm -hmm. Right. And I guess it was also tough when we went full time and what not many people really talk about is when you go full time, it's just like, it's real. Cause like that income is what you live off of. Mm -hmm. And we lost that creative, um, side to it so instead of like doing things because we liked it we were doing it because we had to sell items to make sales to live wow. right so yeah. it just got really um it got really stressful and we lost our creative aspect but um yeah so th so this was kind of then not only for mal but like for a year a year later kind of for you an inflection point where you're like okay what else am I interested in? What else would I like to do? Talk to me about then getting into real estate because it just seems like so like 
like you're doing this thing you're growing this company and it's like okay wait turning left doing this other thing now what was that like it was interesting because when we decided that we didn't want to sell t-shirts forever um it was really it was easier for me i don't know if it was because of my personality or the way i deal with um, emotions, but I was kind of over it right away. Mm. Whereas Mal took a little bit longer to get over it. Um, and you think it was the identity of like being that entrepreneur and like not cause she no longer had her like normal job and you guys have kind of gone all in on this and like, it's very public. Your journey is like, you've got, like I said, a community and stuff right. behind you as well. So like, do you think that that had to do with it? Like the identity part or was it something else? Probably. And I guess it was also the fact that it, it just like stopped. Mm. It's not that like we sold it or like someone was going to continue running it. It was almost like a death in a family in a mm. way. So I guess how you grieve is how we were dealing with that. And for me, I kind of just like wanted to move on. I just didn't want to think right, about it. It and was your baby. It really was. Right. Yeah. And for her, like she was just like in it right away and which makes sense. Right. But then a couple months, maybe a year after it really started to hit that. Oh, it's not a thing anymore. You know, like that's when it started hitting me more when she was already over it at that point. Mm. Right. So it, it, I guess it really does come down to how you grieve. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, so how that process went forward with real estate was we sat down and we knew we wanted to be entrepreneurs. Uh, it was okay if I had to get a job just to like for the time being, but Pay your bills. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I looked at my skill set and what I wanted in life and what I wanted to build in business, and everything just like kind of geared towards real estate. And it's funny because you have the book there, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. And my our mentor recommended that book to us, and I read it, and it was the first book I finished that wasn't for school mm. ever. Like, I don't read, yeah. right? Yeah. And now I love reading, Yeah. right? So that book changed my life. Um, talked about real estate a lot, so that kind of got um, me interested in real estate. So I feel I, like it's a required reading. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it should be an English, English class in high school. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's really interesting, man, that, yep. like, you know, you guys have always been, I've always known you guys to be extremely self-aware <laughs> and, like, taking that step back, breathing, realizing what's going on here but then also taking a realistic accounting of you know what are my skills what like value could i bring in what other realm and so you found real estate man you yeah. started working at blue panda realty mm -hmm. here in ottawa mm -hmm. and uh what was that journey like getting your license and everything like were you doing this while keeping another job in the time being like what was what was that transition to that yeah so that was an interesting period i think it was when was that 2019 mm -hmm. so the year 2019 was when we were kind of winding down the apparel side of lvd and starting our next chapter but we had some media contracts for like nationals and stuff so we kept those so lvd continued for that year doing media but the apparel we just stopped making stuff and that's just, when i met you guys yeah it right like, like the tail end right mm -hmm. um but we were kind of stuck because we were living off LVD, right? Mm -hmm. And we didn't have income coming in. So we were actually like, our backs were against the wall. I'm like, how do we make money? And obviously one option is to get a job. Mm -hmm. But we 
we're like, hey, what are we good at? Social media marketing. So we went out there and we pitched ourselves to small businesses and got two or three solid contracts mm -hmm. where we would manage and handle some social media accounts. Nice. So we got that just enough to pay our bills and stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And once we had that unwrap, all our extra time would be towards building the next thing. Interesting. Yeah. So in my spare time, I would do my real estate course. Um, and my licensing and Mal would Mal at the time didn't really know what she wanted to do yet. I was set real estate mm -hmm. and she didn't know. And I told her, take the, not the year, take the summer to do nothing and have no expectations. Just do everything. Mm -hmm. See what you like, right? See what other business models are out there and see what really feels good to you. So that's what she was doing. Um, and I'd say she landed on it. She did. She did. <laughs> it, it's like perfect. She's such a people person, mm -hmm. right? And she has such a talent of like, just listening and knowing what you actually need and cutting through the bullshit. Oh, right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, she definitely, the, the no BS business coach for sure. Right. You know, and, and from my perspective for, for those listening, Mallory was my business coach for about six to eight months. And I still consider her, even though I'm not using her services at this time, I still consider her one of like my most, one of the most influential people I've ever met in my life. And it's, because she cut through all the BS. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the only people I know who's able to check me. And that's, she does that. <laughs> that's really important because, you know, it's very easy to surround yourself with people who are going to... A bunch uh, of yes-mans. Yes-men and agree with what you're saying and gas you up and, like, make you feel like whatever you're doing is great and everything's going to work out. And yeah, look, there's a place for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I completely think that, you know, not everyone you can't only have mouths around you right <laughs> but i do think that that it's very valuable to at least have a couple because i need that i kind of i respond best to tough love and i'm going to be completely honest with you and i know she's going to listen to this too but um i'm going to be completely honest with you i didn't like like mal as a person i didn't know her Right. I, I straight up didn't Were know you her. intimidated by her? I, no, intimidated is not the word I'd use. Mm. I'd I'd use like I everything that she does is so on point <laughs> that it's like I'm like oddly I was like oddly jealous, right? Okay. Envious in a weird way. I was like, dude, she's just she's got it. Like she's <laughs> landed on her feet now. She's really understands what she wants out of life and stuff. And I'm like. I love that. So it's not a negative thing. It's like completely, I love Mal. Mal, I love you, you know? <laughs> but I was like, dude, I just like, she's always like knows the answer. Like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. Obviously, you might have a little bit of a different perspective. I'm talking from a business perspective and from me at the time, completely lost, not knowing what I want to do, what even running a business is. Mm -hmm. And I was like headed towards a path of like, like just destruction business-wise, <laughs> taking on too many things, attaching my identity too much to like what I was doing, how it's going to be portrayed and all that kind of stuff. And why I bring all this up is because what you mentioned there during that summer, you know, you're like, go just explore some things. Mm -hmm. You picked up a couple contracts just to pay the bills, but you didn't advertise it or become like exactly it didn't have to be a business it didn't have to be a business it could just be a couple contracts and that's it and that was one thing that stuck with me so hard with mal right that she straight up was like because i 
I would always in these calls with her, I'd always just be like, yeah, like, like I got this contract, like it's really good, but like, I don't know how to get like three more like that and like build an agency and get employees and do this and do <laughs> yeah. that. Like this big thing should be like, whoa, cowboy, <laughs> chill out. Why does it have to be a business if you don't even care or like, like it or want to fulfill the service? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought that's the logical next step here. It's like, no, you can have clients and not tell a soul. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was a paradigm shift for me. It was like, oh my God, this person who absolutely crushes it on social media, a lot of her brand is literally like sell on social, yep. building without burnout, all this stuff. It's, it, she's telling me not to push it and, and be all, you don't need an Instagram account or business cards or, or a website or mm -hmm. all these crazy vanity things that don't matter at all yep. for like the actual success of a business. You just need like three or four clients, pay your bills, quit your job and then reassess. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. Mm -hmm. I hate you, Mal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean when I say I don't like Mal. It's like, she's always right. I love Mal. I don't like her because she's telling me <laughs> what most people are not willing to say. Right. Everyone's going to tell you like, oh yeah, bro, like you got to just go and like do this. And like Gary Vee said that this. And yep. like, so so going back to it. And I, I just think that it's really important to have that voice of reason. And going back to your story with all that. So you go into the real estate, Mal pivots towards um, coaching and courses and like just being a business coach and helping other people grow and blow up their businesses. And so do you think that from, from her career uh, or her diving into this area, she had a natural knack for diving into people's businesses and fixing problems or was this something that she had to learn as well through trial and error no i think she she had it mm. she just didn't know how to package it as a business or a service mm. she's always been like that um even like in powerlifting she would cut through the bullshit and not everyone would like it yeah yeah interesting mm -hmm. and then from you diving into the real estate to getting your license to your first deal talk talk to me about what what that was like for you it was it was fun um i business all the way right through university so i knew nothing about like the trades or construction so that was the hardest part for me to learn about real estate um so that was the biggest learning curve but what i did know is i knew how to get leads mm. right yeah. so and having watched like a ton of real estate videos it's a lead gen business right? Like you can be the best negotiator in the country, in the world. But if you have no clients to negotiate for, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Right. I love that. Yeah. And so you're, why you're unique and why you're my real estate agent and like a lot of people's real estate agent in the city is because you are like the number one social media real estate I've ever seen. Right. I mean, there's a couple of people out there who might be doing a little bit more YouTube and this and that and whatever. Although, you know, you're not far behind now <laughs> with your YouTube channel and stuff. Um, you, you've said this publicly that you get all of your, leads from social media primarily instagram mm -hmm. and the rest of it's just word of mouth referrals correct yeah talk to me about the power of social media and your business well i learned that power through lvd mm. right and the type of sales that i like doing it's inbound sales Absolutely. like i hate it when I, I don't like cold calling or going out to people 
I'd rather just like be a good person. You're into me, you trust me, and then you want to try and do business. That's that's how I, I approach it. And it's funny that you mentioned the number one social media realtor because I didn't even know about that until someone sent me that article and was like, congrats. I was like, what? <laughs> I opened it. And it's funny. So yeah. I that morning when I was on Instagram, I saw some agents posting their placings. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I didn't apply. Like, maybe next year I'll apply. And then I get a text from a colleague and he's like, you're, you, you're number one. I'm like, that's that's awesome. Like, what? Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> and um, since then, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I didn't want to be the number one social media realtor, but I knew I wanted to leverage social media to do well in, in real estate because I felt like there was a hole or a gap in how people were doing social media. So it, it really paid off. And for those listening right now, you got to go follow my man right now. Go shout out your Instagram real quick. At Josh H. Reyes. Yes, I tried to get Josh Reyes. He wouldn't sell it to me. So I had to add another H there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't even think people care about the username because once they follow you, they're going to realize that you put out some of the most valuable content on there. Mm-hmm. And one thing I find really interesting is that your style of putting stories out and as well as your in-feed posts, I always tune in. Whether I like have time or like I, I'm not going to your page to creep it, but I definitely when I see it pop up, when I see you post a story, I want to listen to it. I want to hear what you have to say because you've built this credibility over such a long period of time. And I know I'm not the only one. I know mm-hmm. even people listening to this podcast right now are like, yeah, exactly. When you post a story about anything, whether it be money, like just general personal finance, real estate, market updates selling homes you know closing for clients and like really great wins which we'll definitely get into one of those Mm -hmm. um in a bit but i just think it comes off so authentic is this something that you've always done even through lvd and everything or is this something that you realize that like i gotta do this for in order to you know grow my brand and stuff no i never really thought of it like that it's more so just like putting myself out there and Mm -hmm telling people who I am yeah same with LVD like I was a lifter first and then they would find me and then they would find out about LVD right and when I look at my content actually more more than half of it is just personality instead of real estate right it's just showcasing that I'm into like fitness or into dogs right cars and cars family yeah like one thing I've noticed is that like you have extremely close-knit family ties with all your Filipino brothers and sisters right and I love that I love to see that I love to see the big the basketball tournaments to the to the you know the big cookouts and the parties that you guys have together it shows oh man He's a human who right. does real estate. He's mm-hmm. not a real estate agent. Exactly. And what I realized is I'm not the real estate agent for everyone, mm-hmm. but there's a real estate agent for everyone. Ooh. You know? Okay. And I'm cool with that because I get personalities, right? I'm not going to force myself to be a realtor when we, we're not a match. If anything, it's going to take two or three times more of my energy, right, right, to to work with someone who, who, who don't click together, you know? And I think that's... A big part of my success is just getting people who are like-minded and share the same interests as me. I think you and I really relate on that um, in terms of the inbound sales and and whatnot Mm -hmm. in our respective businesses as well. Uh, Because to me, 
I would much rather someone know who I am and like me for me and or not or whatever. That's even it's even better. You know what I mean? Yep. Because at that point, it's like you're now just wanting to invest in this relationship and it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. And there's no slimy outreach or feeling weird or just like um, the, the energy as well is different, right? When mm-hmm. someone's coming to you, they're already interested in what you have right. to sell. And Mal talks about this all the time. And I love this as well. And she actually kind of taught me this because I was fed this narrative that outbound is like the way to go. This is how you scale. I'm seeing all these people talking about like, just go on LinkedIn and message a million people and send the cold emails <laughs> and do this and go to these websites and scrape for it's just felt wrong to me. It felt like work. And the minute it feels like work, I'm like, I just don't want to really do it. Mm-hmm. I'm the hardest working, lazy person in the room. You know <laughs> I what love I mean? that. So uh, going back to it though, man, I think, I think you brought up such a good point there that, you know, you want the people that want to work with you naturally because mm-hmm. it's just going to be more fun. Yep. And that was something that I found with you when I reached out to you um, earlier in 2021, this year, when we're recording this podcast, um, I reached out to you. Uh, I talked to Mal about it first, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Josh and I I'm, I'm just want to see, is there any possibility of me potentially maybe somehow getting into real estate? And I was at the time frankly in no position to be entertaining (laughs) this and uh so i hit you up and i think i sent you obviously a message on instagram Mm -hmm. and might have been a voice note or something but i you got back to me instantly which one thing you know if anyone's listening to this this guy i just don't know how he's such a ninja in terms of just like (laughs) getting back to you instantly so i'm like already like i like this guy you know what i mean which is probably like a lot of your clients kind of have probably some warm intro to you one way or another very smart i love how you've done that in such an authentic way but so i reach out and you're like yeah like you know let's talk like let's get on a call talk about whatever we get on a call i talk about it i tell you look i have a job right now <laughs> i might not have a job in the future is there any possibility of me getting into the Ottawa market? I don't even know what I want. Maybe it's a condo. Maybe it's a house. I don't know. what. How do I know what I can afford? How does this whole process work? Mm-hmm. And you being the absolute pro that you are, you're like, here's like the, here's my team. Yeah. And this is a really important thing that I really want to talk about on this podcast today is like you have a team and you lean on a team. Talk to me about that a little bit from your perspective. I want to hear your end of things once you've got the lead in Deepak. In the pack, yeah. yeah. I um, I once I have the lead, I recommend my team. I don't force anyone to use it, yeah. But it's highly suggested, and it's one thing that I didn't know was so important before I got into real estate. I kind of just learned um, as I was in the business. Um, but the the four or the three main people that you want on your side is a real estate agent, a mortgage broker, and a lawyer, mm. right? So the mortgage broker I I met pretty early. Um, both young. We vibed. Let's go get her. Um, the lawyer was the one I was. It took me a bit to um, to find because it's like someone in law, typically like older, right? So when I met my guy, he had like a tattoo. He was younger. He wanted to start his own firm. I'm like, oh, I like this guy, and did a few deals. And I'm like, hey, this is my team. And when I introed the broker and the lawyer, they already knew each other. So I'm like, hey, let's do this. Nice. And it's one of those things where I have my full trust in them and they can, they'll can, they get it done, right? And I've had times where I've worked with other people and it 
almost backfired or like not backfired, but like a deal maybe dropped because I'm not used to their process or mm. I assume they did certain things, but they didn't. It's not my job, but I still have to like check in on them. Right. Making sure everything's going smooth. Um, but, uh, yeah. And we call ourselves the dream team. <laughs> and I, I'd say that, uh, that you guys live up to that name. Uh, when, uh, f- for me, um, the first thing was figuring out, uh, how much am I going to be pre-approved for? Mm-hmm. And obviously that requires working. And I did go ahead and work with the dream team. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, you comfortable with me sharing yeah, who that is? It. Okay. So Matt Hal Halley. Hale. Hale. Matt Hale. Shout out to my guy, mortgage broker. He um, looked at my situation, crunched the numbers, and uh, gave me a number for what I'd be pre-approved for. Lower than I thought it'd be. <laughs> so given my you know, situation, I didn't have an insane amount of money saved up. You know, I'd got to buy these expensive podcast mics and whatnot you know invest in yourself (laughs) exactly so you know it wasn't i wasn't i didn't have a massive down payment saved up i wasn't just like you know absolutely caking it waiting to spend money or anything it was really it came down to okay i have a job right now i will not have a job very soon i want to take advantage of this and leverage my current income to get some kind of asset and brown people (laughs) have always like brown people parents and like you know immigrants and stuff have always pushed towards real estate so Mm -hmm. this was a decision with my parents as well and i'm like you know what i I just want to see my options i don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. i could i could like use your guys services to figure out if this is in any way realistic assess it and go from there and Mm -hmm. i love that i think everyone should at least have options and full transparency i had tried working with you i guess like eight to ten months before maybe even like a year before that just looking at a couple places and i was absolutely not even in a position back then to even right. get to that <laughs> step you know but it was a humbling experience and i guess it was always something in the back of my head i'm like you know what when i am in a bit of a better position i am gonna explore this because i do want to get into the real estate market right um so what happened there is basically you uh like this process is you know you find out what exactly i'm kind of looking for Mm -hmm. what my pre-approval is for and you start sending me properties to my email and i'm looking at these every day and honestly i was was not too serious about it i was looking at some of these i'm like man like forget it like (laughs) the condo fee on this one this one's like out of reach this one i really want but i can't afford that this one's like out and outside of the city like i just wanted a lot of things and Mm -hmm. i I learned a lot during this process and talking to you and you've always been open and honest and like been very forthright about every property that i wanted to look at we'd go look at it so there's one situation where i was like you know what this spot makes sense let's go for it let's do it and this was the first time that i learned about like multiple offers oh my god i remember that place winter lane (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no there was one even before that the one like near carlton oh oh, man that one was like offers same day we saw it then like in in the parking lot had to draft it oh yeah Yeah, it was so quick it was wild and i had never like i was like this is moving quick even for me i'm like this is a little bit crazy but uh put an offer in and was beat by like an insane margin obviously we don't need to get into exact numbers or anything but i it was did laughable almost it was like oh man like i'm not even in like the top 10 <laughs> contention on the spot but the reason that's the reason i was looking at it i'm like this is good for 
investment sake because it's like a four bedroom near Carleton University. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be rented. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I was like I'm no real estate expert, but like this is kind of a no brainer, right. and that's why it was it went so crazy. Yeah. So, but here's the thing though, that was, so we did like three offers, right? The third one is the one we got, but each one we were more and more prepared. Absolutely. That first one came out of nowhere. Yeah. So like I didn't really have time to prepare and, and mm-hmm. all that. It was just like go, go, go. Yep. The second one, we had a little bit more time prepared and we were in a better position that time. Mm-hmm. Right. We knew kind of what it could go for and we were close. And the third one, we it was a Hail Mary. <laughs> like that one was and you know, it was the letter. Remember? Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, it came down to the letter. So yeah. Um it just goes to show like you have to be prepared and, and do your work in advance so that when the opportunity comes, you're ready. So I'll I'll dive into the letter a bit for anyone listening or watching right now. So the letter You probably thought it was silly. At the time I'm like, What? <laughs> you want me to go and type up a personal letter to whoever this owner may be telling them my situation, who mm-hmm. I am and why it would be great for me to get this property. Right. You you tell me that and I'm like, Okay, I guess. Go type it up, send it to you. Like, thanks. We're good. This is perfect. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man, whatever you say, like you, you're the guy. Apparently, you know what you're talking about. At the time, I'm like, Josh has got some tricks up his sleeve. I'm going to trust the guy. This is why I'm not doing this without <laughs> a real estate agent. I need someone who's going to like go to bat for me. And, mm-hmm. and you did. And so I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Didn't work out the first time. The second time, you know, I actually wasn't that thrilled about the place. But then this third time, um, and by the way, this all happened in like the span of two weeks mm-hmm. uh, starting to look, yep. right? So this third one, I guess, basically what happened is there was this one spot that I was looking at the night before. And, um, you know, it's in the listings and I'm taking a look at the photos and I'm like, this is really nice. And at this point, I had gotten a bit of an idea of what the market's saying and things are hot. Things are Things are gone quickly before even it goes like to like market. I don't mm-hmm. know what you guys call that bully offer or whatever. But I'm just sitting there like, man, this is intense. I'm not even sure if I want all this smoke. Like, But <laughs> the competitive nature in me is like kind of got alerted. And I'm just like, nah, man, like, let's see. Like, yep. And so I message you. I think I messaged you that morning. Mm-hmm. The morning that this place is going to be taking offers mm-hmm. was it yeah it was it was that morning and i'm like dude i want to see this place like i i legitimately want to see this place and you're out in Barhaven. this is like maybe i messaged you at like 8 a.m and you're like dude not gonna work there's tenants in the house we're not gonna be able to like see it today mm-hmm. and i'm like bro like we gotta see it today yeah like i want to i want to check this place out and you're like all right bet i'll make it happen and which is like dude like man yeah i got you that that's the guy right there you know and i'm like okay how do we see this place you message me you're like okay we got 15 minutes i got it i got us 15 minutes you got to be there at this time sharp so how that happens is so when it's tenanted you need 24-hour notice Mm -hmm. right unless tenants are cool with it yeah um which i get but so we piggybacked on like someone's showing that was already there. That's why we only had like a limited time. Exactly. So they were done early. Like, okay, like let's. Can we just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so, I called my mom up, and because like I'm like I want to go check this out with my mom. And my mom, she's like, I already looked at that place last night. There's not a chance we get it. It's too nice. I'm like, 
Mm, okay. Well, what's the harm in checking? Josh mm-hmm. is coming. Like, let's just do it anyways. So, all right. Pick her up. We go. Coming to the place. First thing I see, it's like right beside my old high school. I'm like, okay. I know this community. It's like really chill, really calm. Yep. Families would love it. Second thing I see, I'm like, okay, it's a corner house. And like a lot of the other places that I was seeing are not that. And also they don't have a garage. Mm-hmm. That I was like, I, I don't know if you remember, I was like obsessing over that. I'm like, dude, we live in Canada. A garage is not going to get any less valuable yep. over time. It's We have winter here. <laughs> and so I go and I check this place out. I see that they got like a big BMW X6 in the garage. And I'm like, dude, if it's like a big car, yeah, yeah. this is dope. This is really good. And I'm looking around the house. I'm like, the layout's a little weird, but I like it. I really like it. The kitchen is like five star. And I just really like the vibe and flow of the whole place. And I thought the renovations that they did to it were great. And you're like, yeah, dude, like they just, they did a bunch of renovations to this place in like the last couple of years. Anyways, long story short, I'm like, tell my mom I'm like i want it i'm like josh i want it and then you're even like dude like i know you want it but like it's super like out of your budget range and, right and i'm just like yeah i know let me just call matt and see yeah we what, did do that. what we could do here mm-hmm. you know and i call him and i'm like bro like what can we do about this pre-approval number like what are, what are we saying here you know and um basically like without getting into too much detail here he basically gave me a hack that maybe you could explain a little bit more for people looking to get a home but he's like look there's this debt that if you get rid of this credit card debt one of these credit cards if it's gone you're automatically gonna be boosted a lot more and i'm like dude i got the cash sitting right here let's just pay (laughs) off that debt and then we're good to go yep and did that really quick i'm like run the numbers it's still just not enough it's still just not enough for like you know what we the, would the think comparables the comparables in the area and mm-hmm. what things are going for and um long story short i'm like dude we're putting an offer in let's just see what happens here's the letter i forgot if it was like family day or valentine's day or something like that it was a holiday. there was some kind of holiday I, I believe it was family day actually it might have been that and maybe you want to talk about what it's like from a real real estate agent's uh, perspective trying to put in an offer that you know is maybe not the best yeah i mean i'll never say like no no like if you really want to put an, i'll put an offer in right it takes me 30 30 minutes to an hour let's say to get everything done um and what I've learned is you just never know, right? So I'm like, I'm down if you're down type thing. Yeah. So we still put it in, but I knew I'm like, hey, it was like an hour before they were presenting and it was like one offer. I'm like, okay, I was expecting a little bit more. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, it's family day, right? So as a buyer, like you kind of want those holidays because um, viewings are down on the listings statistically so you have a higher chance um and then i think offer presentation came and there's like three offers i'm like okay we got like okay we made podium at (laughs) least we were top three yeah yeah (laughs) you know you know already already like good with the moral victory but like that's not josh Ritz. yep yep then let's see what you did after that (laughs) and then i knew we had the letter we were like lower than the comparables which was fine but again you never know and I get a call from the agent and they were like, my client loves your client. And they're like, we really want to work with you. Like, is there like 
um, it was close. All the offers were close. And she's like, I'm going to give everyone a last chance to like make their offer better. Um, but my client loved your letter. It's cool. Um, so we chatted and we're like, okay, like fourth quarter, like the ball was in your hands. Time was ticking. Right. And you're like, Josh, I want to shoot. I'm like, all right, this is, this is you. So we, we did a little bump, calculated bump and it made all the difference. It really did, man. I remember this was like the most tense two hour period (laughs) of my life. Because I'm sitting in the car with my brother. And my brother had just gone back from a trip. This dude had no clue that I'm even like trying to get a crib right now. He's so blindsided. We go for a drive. And I'm just like, dude, like, honestly, I'm not going to get it. So don't get your hopes up. But like, definitely put an offer into a home today that like, I can't even fully afford just yet. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to. Yeah. But like, we're, we're, we're doing it. And he's just looking at me like speechless, like, what is going on? You're calling me every like 10, 15 minutes. Like, can you sign this right. new thing? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll sign the thing. And then you get it. And like, you know, all right, we put your new offer and I need you to sign a new thing. I'm like, dude, let's go. Yeah. And upping it. And like, it's like way more intense than I thought it'd be. I actually felt like a little stressed out, man. Yep. I'm just like, what's going on here? But um, we, me and my brother, we go to McDonald's, obviously, as you do. And we're going to get a coffee. And so we're sitting there and we're waiting for your last call after we put our final offer in. And it's like the most tense 45 minute silence where I'm just holding my phone waiting for you to call. And we're in the drive through and I get the call. And you're like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. Like we really tried our best. What you're going to have to do is pack your bags because you got a new house. And I'm just like, what? Are you kidding me? We won the offer that day. And I genuinely think it's because I got the dream team, dude. So yep. I, I've i been dying to tell the story since it happened. Like we're talking about back in like February. February March, yeah. yeah, February, March time. And here we are in October. But now I'm sitting here in the house that you helped me buy. And dude, I, I'm I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for the whole team and like also the serendipity of it all and how it all worked out. So yep. I thought it was crazy because my parents, they didn't know yet. So I was like telling my brother, I'm like, this is just one of those things that like in life, I'm very proud that I did this. But on our way home, like I was going to just call them and be like, we got it. Whoa. I was like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to take what Josh just did to me <laughs> and do it to them. So basically on that drive home, we get home and I'm in the drive. I'm like, Sal, record this. <laughs> so maybe I can edit in the video or something of this later for those watching. But basically I walk into the house and my mom's looking at me. It's like, what's the news? I'm like, Man, mom, I'm so sorry. We did the best that we could. It was great. And she's like, oh, man, those fuckers. She's just like, you know, she's, <laughs> I know. She, she's competitive. Oh, yeah, my mom, she might be where I get it from, man. Yep. But uh, and then and then I tell her, I'm like, well, uh, you know, I say the exact same thing. Like, we're going to have to pack our bags because we got the house. She goes crazy. Everyone's crying. They're, they're oh, just so, so happy. And it's like one of those moments as, as you know, the oldest child, whatever, that they dream of that your parents dream of for a very long time right my dad came home that night he's in tears it's it's crazy to see how much that means to them for me it meant a lot 
don't get me wrong it means sure. a whole lot and i'm very grateful but i just didn't tie that much emotion to it i was like this is a business move this is like let's see if we can make this happen if we don't we don't but obviously my emotions were in it at the end there as well so it was really cool to see you got a dub because we got the dub man <laughs> it hail mary patty mm-hmm. mahomes overtime behind the shoulder throw oh, yeah. toe drag in the corner of the end it was like we should not have got it but we did and so you know kudos to you man kudos to the whole team but I learned a lot throughout that whole experience. And it's something that, you know, whether this was the smartest thing for me to do or not, I am so grateful for everything that I've learned. And even this last like eight months being mm-hmm. a homeowner, it's like, oh, wow. A, there's a lot to this. <laughs> yep. B, the whole process of like even getting a home, being pre-approved these days, it's like, it's tough. Yep. And it's a dream for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't want to sit here on this podcast and just say that like just getting real estate is the only thing, the only goal or anything. You've seen where I lived before. I lived in a little studio apartment for 800 bucks a month in Westboro. Like that was just, that was it for me. And I was cool with that. I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy traveling around the world in hostels. And I'm happy in, in a beautiful house in, in the Ottawa suburbs, you know? Right. But I just think that it's it's important to highlight all the different things that had to happen for us to secure the property. So I do want to dive a little bit into some of those things, right? For sure. So from the perspective of like presenting an offer, what is your what is a real estate agent's like actual role there? And what are they like allowed to do, not allowed to do in terms of like trying to trying to get the dub? Because there are a lot of rules I learned. There's a lot of rules. Yep. Um, so the, I mean, the way my process works is I always show you comparables, uh, because list prices, it's marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So when people are afraid of these hundred K over asking and stuff, yeah. I'm like, well, was it under listed by hundred K, you know, mm-hmm. but I get, I get how people get confused. So I always give you the facts, like the straight numbers, like this is what homes are like selling for repetitively. So, you know, the actual value, right. which we did see and we're like, damn, that's kind of high, you know? Yeah. Um, so as long as that's out there, we know that whatever we bid, we're at least at the value of the market, right? Mm-hmm. I never want my clients to overpay. And there's times where we walked away or we hit a cap because we're like, it doesn't make sense to keep bidding over this amount. Right. right? And that's um, the ethical role as well of, of a real estate agent. It's yep. like you're not just looking to maximize the sale, even though that helps your pockets mm-hmm. you know technically speaking right For sure it's actually acting in the in best faith good faith of your client and right yeah 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 and so honestly we try to control everything we can right so that's the price the closing date mm. um the conditions that we have in yeah um and like little thing but like the, the deposit right and i told you I'm like those are like the main four things we're going to focus on mm-hmm. right so as long as we do this price at least start off we want to give them their closing date because seller's market they have all the leverage right so if it works for you and it works for them it makes your case a little bit better mm-hmm. um and then the conditions we had the dream team on point so yeah. we were very comfortable with that absolutely um, and, I, and i believe alex reviewed the status too so he actually like looked into it beforehand to make sure everything was good mm-hmm um, and then we had everything we had our, honestly, we had our best, best foot forward from the beginning with, uh, the letter and our offer and all the numbers. Yep. And from there, I try to create a relationship with the agent. If I, if I haven't already worked with them, mm-hmm. like, Hey, my name's Josh, 
Blue Panda agent um, representing my cl- client Deepak. And I give a little backstory, right, just in case they don't see the letter. Mm. Um, I actually hide it in the offer so they can't see it. Uh, Before, I used to send, like, two attachments. Okay. And I've heard of some agents possibly or, like, it, it could be a e- simple mistake of just not seeing the letter or presenting the letter. Mm. But when I throw it randomly in the offer you, you have to see it uh, right so like i make smooth, sure you see it <laughs> smooth i like yeah. that i didn't know that <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah it's just communication i think that's what's what's key yeah well also speed I speed think oh th- yeah I, I think that's one thing that you know sets you apart as well is like all the electronic documents are sent to me instantly they're signed instantly all electronically especially during covid you know i bought this house at the height of covid when you gotta wear a mask and there's restrictions to mm-hmm. like even what you can view how long you can view who can come in and view with you i just learned a whole bunch and another big lesson that i learned is even once you've got the like yes job's not done oh no the job's just getting just started yeah and now but you have the dream team Right to like um, guide you through that whole process. I was confident we were going to close for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was freaking out. I was like, hey, we got this now. And it's like, okay, now what? And it's like a million documents, <laughs> yeah. a million proof that you are who you say you are mm-hmm. and you're making as much as you say you're making mm-hmm. and these are your assets and this is your debt yep. and this is, you know, a million things. You know, here's, I think I might have scanned my ID like 20 times (laughs) during this process to just make sure that whoever needs it gets it financial statements going back 90 days sending these accounts making sure you had the funds making sure everything's above board everything's legit and it's like all like learning experiences stuff that if i'm going to buy my second property i'm gonna have all ready to go right (laughs) i'm gonna have it all in a document ready to go and like whatever you need i'll have it this time my first time home buying experience i was hella frustrated by all that stuff i'm like don't you know who i am by now like right. it should all just be good don't you have it in the system <laughs> somewhere i've sent this six times then i gotta send it to the lawyer then they gotta this void check and this it's yeah. like oh my god there's and, so and, much and to add it. the seller's market to that where quicker closings right because normally let's say you have 90 to 120 days in a more balanced market more chill but like we're seeing like 30 day close add to the fact right. that I I moved up our closing date because like because you, you know, needed to move you were traveling I was traveling I was yeah. leaving the country right after buying the crib <laughs> <laughs> it worked out perfectly it, it kind of did but I I really put the pressure on you I'm like look Josh gonna hate me but like I'm gonna push for this yep I really would like would like to request to move it up like by two weeks or something wild and you're like dude it's already sketchy how quickly we gotta close this like yep. trust me in my experience like it would not be good I'm like make it happen. Yep. I love you. Yep. And then all of a sudden, last minute, the, the lender was like, are the tenants in there? I'm like, they're gone. It's like, oh, we need proof. And then remember that? Yeah. We have to get more documents. We're like, no, they're, they're gone. But I get it. Yeah. Right? But, Dude. man, things things come up. <laughs> things yeah. come up, man. But, anyway, I, I don't want to just sit here and talk about it for the whole pod, but it is such a fun story. It is like, it's a win. It's really fun to share. I want to talk to about like some of the other things that you've learned in this last year, being a real estate agent, closing an insane amount. If you're comfortable sharing, I'll give you the floor to talk about your stats for this last year alone. I think it'd also be cool to look back at one day. But like, talk to me about like that and also some of the big like milestones and lessons you learned this year. Man, this has been 
a very good year um, given everything that's happened. And sometimes it, it's it's hard to say that, right? Because we're still in a pandemic and I know Absolutely. how people's lives have been like affected a, like drastically. Uh, thankfully, I, I'm in a position that I'm able to still operate. Um, but this year has actually taught me a lot. Um, and oh man, where to start? Um, I've had let's an, start with the numbers, yes. bro. So let's start I've, with the insane numbers. I've I've done fifteen million in sales volume this year, but the Nuts. interesting thing is, I don't track that. Mm, that's not your no your success I, metric. I need everyone needs money to live. So I need to like I I know my expenses and I'm pretty good with money. I'm not like like bougie or like I need to spend because I have money, right? So after I got to like a comfortable living, I'm just like I don't care. It's okay. not about the money. It's about like happy clients, mm. right? And it just one. It was in end of end of August. I'm like, how much have I done this year? I was just curious, right? So I added the math and then I, I came up with that number. But for me, it really wasn't about the number. It was about client success. Um. And, but real estate made me realize that like valuing time a lot and slowing down. So I was like, go, go, go get all this business. But I realized that like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't have time for yourself or to enjoy it, mm. what it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now. Like I'm taking my foot off the gas a little bit. Like I'm servicing everyone that I currently have to the best of my ability still yep. but i'm not actively trying to grow and get bigger because i could s just see what that's gonna where i'm gonna end up and i'm like i'm not gonna like that well coming back to you know your mal's experience up to this point you 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 kind of seeing some of the warning signs that yep. this could lead to burnout yep and exactly. that that would be the opposite of what you want which is success for your clients mm -hmm. because you can't you just can't like if you're not able to do that like you know it's it's i always say like it's important to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone and that right. sounds selfish but i think it's actually selfless mm -hmm. i think it's really important that like again you guys are just so self-aware i love it man you're you're kind of recognizing that and i've seen you guys as well like um you know go out to the cottage and go and unplug sometimes and intentionally just take family time or like Playing with the dog. Shout out to Luna, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, you know, doing things outside of work as well. But I simply don't comprehend how you do it. Because just like having worked with you in, in that context as well, and then also seeing all the stuff you're doing on social media, the YouTube channel that you guys just started, you guys just moved as well oh, into <laughs> into into a new place yep. in the middle of all of this as well yep. i just and and all that you're doing all that and still responding to texts instantly you're helping your clients i know it's not just me you're dealing with a whole roster of people putting out a million fires doing a bunch of things all at once how do you not how do you do that without like i mean i know you got your team but they're they're different roles and different players completely right how do you not have your own team within your own business kind of i probably should yeah i mean we're looking into that uh mal has a few um virtual assistants helping her mm -hmm. and we were like maybe we can get someone full-time for the both of us mm. kind of split split them half and half okay um but it it is a lot to like manage everything and last year around this time um I kind of dropped the ball. I was like comfortable, you know, like 
I had um, an email come in. It was like, man, it was like Friday night or it was on the weekend. And I'm like, uh, I'll respond to it like tomorrow, like the normal person. Right. And then I ended I'm up off the clock now. Yeah, I need to relax. You know, a little bit like unwind. I made, I made a few sales. I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. And so I didn't answer. I should have at least acknowledged it. Right. But I didn't answer. They ended up going with someone else. Oh, wow. Right. And I was like, damn, like I dropped the ball and I would have loved to have worked for that one. And they were a family friend and they really wanted me to work with them. But their partner who didn't know me, um, wanted to try someone else and they were trying to give me all the opportunities I could. Right. And I just, I dropped the ball. And ever since then I was like, never again. And I'm like, every client needs to feel like they're my only client. Uh, that's how I felt, man. I was like, I don't know how this dude just dropped everything, drove from Barhaven to Orleans, which is like a 40-minute drive, if not more. And then with traffic on that and on time, ready to go, clean fade, <laughs> ready to, like, just absolutely professional and, like, showed up. And I was just like, dude, like, I'm happy that you're doing this for me, obviously, but it's like, how? I just don't get it. Yep. So I'd like strongly recommend, man, for your own sake, if you want to keep doing this, you got to like at least admin stuff. I know. It, like, for th sure. That should not be you, my guy. And in the beginning, <laughs> it, it's a good motto to go off of. Mm -hmm. But once you like multiply that by yeah. like 10 clients, mm -hmm. not sustainable. No. And then now you set the bar that you're always going to respond 24 seven, you're always on, yeah. which is great. And like, it's good for clients, but sometimes they take advantage of that. Yeah. Not to say that my clients are taking advantage of me. It's just, no, I now it, feel like I should, it's be. an expectation at that yeah. point. It's, it's like, yo, like he's been, it, it would be out of character mm -hmm. for you to just all of a sudden be like, dude, like, let, let me chill on my Friday evening. Bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's hard because it's real estate. As you know, it's so timely. Yeah, it is. I'm like, I know how important this is to you. And yeah. I'm like, I have to respond to this. I have to act on this because you just never know. Interesting. And recently I had a client. She emailed me, I think it was like Friday night or like Saturday morning. And the subject was this email for Monday. Oh, like she nice. really did. She's like, it's not urgent. It was a question, but she's uh -huh. like, I don't want you to be working on the weekend. Yeah. And I, I respect that. I'm like, that's, oh, that's cool. kind of nice. You know, like I, I felt Dude, relieved. I think I'm going to steal that. I still, I still responded though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I respected the fact that she's like, you could wait till Monday. Yeah. I was okay with rounding. So dude, yep. I love it, man. Let's switch gears a little bit because we are like, you know, I, just like I, I didn't want to happen. <laughs> we're, we're, I haven't even scratched the surface of all the stuff I want to talk to you about. man. I think we might have to do a part two or Let's three or it. four or five. But, <laughs> but one thing that I want to talk to you about is this new venture that you and Mal have started, which is your YouTube channel. Yep. Now you had this passion for personal finance that I've seen shine through all of your content and it, it fits so authentically with your brand and you guys, everything that you do, because not only is real estate like deeply, deeply tied to your finances and especially your personal finances, but also what Mao's doing on her end with the business coaching and whatnot, a, a big unspoken thing in the business community is managing your personal finances. It's one thing to have an accountant deal with your books and everything's all straight and whatever for your corporation or small <laughs> business or whatever, but then me like i've found even like it can get kind of difficult to like like i just stop caring i'm just like you know what like 
bills are being covered everything's good i'm not like gonna i just don't have the bandwidth to care right now about mm-hmm. optimizing this stuff <laughs> and that was something that mal helped me so much with throughout her our, our journey together and i'll openly tell like the listeners i was in a significant amount of debt when i started working with her which is crazy because i'm like dude i'm gonna and before you bought a home before i bought a home and everything months before it too but yeah. she had helped me get that turned around through focusing on the right things and and getting prioritizing getting out of that debt and that kind of stuff and so this first youtube video that you guys put out why don't you talk to me about it a little bit and the whole channel yeah so the whole channel the idea of it is called the in-betweeners because that's just kind of how mal and i have always been we're not like heavily on one side we kind of like we learn about the other side and like we respect it but we want to just like do a bit of everything mm. and i feel like with social media everyone says niche down hard 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 so yeah. everyone's like no you have to do crypto or you're not going to be wealthy you yeah. know or you have to do real estate and i respect all the fields and i think everyone should do a little bit of everything um and it's like diversifying right um so that's kind of why we wanted to be called the in-betweeners and it comes back to lvd days because right. the reason why we started the company was when we were in powerlifting there was no brand that represented us. There was like the hardcore, Insane. like skulls, the beards. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't us, right? So same thing. It's like there wasn't really a um, a channel that like represented us who were like kind of the in-between but still want to like live life but be wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Like we understand that we could die tomorrow, but we understand that we might not die tomorrow. <laughs> so you have to like prepare for that, I right? Like that. Yeah. People are like super frugal or like super invest $10 a month for 30 years and then you'll be a millionaire, which is fair. Save your coffee, your Starbucks oh. money, your, your avocado toast, that yeah. whole. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and that, that that's kind of the whole um, story behind that. And our first video was just on how we leveraged our first home to buy our second home. So kind of how real estate has really helped us. And um, yeah. And I'm going to have a link in the description to the Mal and Josh's YouTube channel. You got to check it out. It's just really fun. And like I found a really like enjoyable way of getting information that even if I know a lot of this stuff, I still want to watch it and ha- get a refresher. And I always take some tidbit with me. Right. You know, it, there's no like... I'm an in-betweener too in, in a lot go. of ways, you know? So I think you're going to build an amazing community on there. Uh, and you guys are, are naturals with, with the YouTube and social media content and that kind of stuff. But how the hell do you take that onto your plate af- on top of everything you guys are doing? It's hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, in the beginning, it's like you get your systems going and everything's running smooth. It's not until you throw something there that's different that mm-hmm. really challenges your systems and your processes, right? Oh, yeah. And eye-opening. I'm like, damn, I need to, like, refine a few things. And I'm working a little bit more now, but I honestly like it. Yeah. It's like a switch of gears, right? So yeah. instead of being always on real estate, you're just, like, learning a new thing, right? Like, I forgot which book I was reading, but they talk about how humans have to play and that as adults, we mm-hmm. forget to play. And as kids, you like obviously you play and it like gets your creativity up and everything. And as adults, you just like fall into this like pattern for for a long time, and then you just forget about like having fun, challenging your 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 mental ability, your physical. And play doesn't have to be like playing with blocks or doing puzzles. It could be anything from like learning how to cook, 
playing the guitar, you know? And for me right now, that's learning YouTube and video. Mm -hmm. No, I love that, man. That's, that's really interesting. I don't know how you guys are managing all that. That's, you know, shout out to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could kind of relate a little bit on the podcast front, but for me, I'm trying my very best to do as little as possible. This, what we're doing right now, obviously I can never outsource and I love doing it. I only want to do what I love doing mm -hmm. and what I bring the most value to. That's fair. So, you know, I, do, I, I really do want to get kind of surgical on what you were talking about in the next five to six months, which is the systems and making things a little bit more automatic. And mm -hmm. that means taking things off my plate. One thing that I really love about you guys, and I know we're running out of time here, but I, I really, really like that it doesn't matter what you're doing in the current time, and that doesn't define who you guys are. It's always the common denominator is who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'll put it out here right now. I don't think you're going to do real estate forever. I just, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I think you're going to move. It could, but it could. I don't it, think so. It absolutely could. But I just, just knowing you guys and how self-aware you are at when you fall out of love with something. And I hope I'm not overstepping. That's yeah, all good. But like, I think one day is going to come when you're like, you know what? I, I want to scratch this itch. And that's what I love about you guys. And that's what I think comes through in what you're saying about play. You guys are playing the game of life a little bit better than a lot of people <laughs> because you're keeping that, yo, well, how am I feeling about this right now? And mm -hmm. am I getting lost in the sauce here? And am I just chasing some metric or something that I don't truly care about? So how do you feel about that? I agree. <laughs> and am I trying to scratch an itch now? Possibly. You know, like, again, coming back to what I learned this year, it's that everyone wants to make a lot of money, right? And once I made good money, it's still like, again, I just, it just comes back to like wanting balance and wanting to live a life that you love. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because um, when we started LVD, I was like, this is my business till I die. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. This yeah. is it, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make it work no matter what. And then Mal was kind of classic Mal. She's like kind of in that mindset. She's like, well, this is kind of like what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. but I'm not attached to it. Right. Why would you be attached to something at like 23, 21 when you're, you don't know who you're going to be when you're 40. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of like the go with the flow type person. Right. And I kind of realized that too. I'm like, okay, I'm in real estate now. Will I be in it forever? I don't know. Right. You know, and I, I'll be totally honest. If I start, I find another passion next year mm -hmm. and I run with it full time, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. You know? So it's just all about like enjoying your life. I, to be honest. I love that, man. And you're someone who, despite how hard you work, despite how much like grind you put in and honestly, like genuinely, like just one of the most like even keel people that I know. I've, I don't think I've ever seen you like or heard of you losing your temper or anything. You just seem very like level-headed with how you do everything extremely professional and everything but just how that's, that's seven years of coaching from mal yes yeah, we've been together for six and a bit you know like yeah. i've learned a lot from her absolutely sure. yeah i mean if i've been able to achieve so much in like six or seven months with her i can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> that that amount of time it, it it's incredible but one thing like that you know 
you made me think about there is like that's what i love about this what we're doing right now is like sure there's going to be a time stamp on when it's released and whatever and you know we'll promote it and all that jazz but when i look back at it i'm going to be like oh cool that's what we were interested in at that time period in our lives but on episode 285 when we do like our fourth episode together and you're building muscle cars and like (laughs) i love it and like just getting into like crossfit or like american ninja warrior or whatever whatever you're on at that point i just can't wait to to look back and reflect and like cool this is what we were doing then that built us into the people we are today yep exactly and, and that's 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 my fun that's my play i like documenting it this is it yep 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 dude i could just sit here and chat with you for like five or six more hours but i just want to kind of end the podcast on this one real question here it's, okay what's what kind of legacy does josh reyes want to leave behind great question so before it was more about me and how I wanted to be like a certain person or like leave like these businesses and all this money for like my family and stuff yeah. early on. And then now, like, again, being more self-aware and getting older and being more in business, um, I'm just realizing now what my legacy is, is to make sure my team eats, Ooh. you know, yeah. like thinking about it. I just want, it might be selfish, but I just want my, myself, my family, and my friends to do well. Mm. You know, like, I dream of having a business that I employ all my homies, mm. all my friends, you know? I've been thinking about this you know, a bit lately. they're set, I'm set, you yeah. know, they're living life, they're investing, we're all, like, growing together. Yeah. That's my legacy. I want mm. the people around me to do well. Yes. You know, I don't care about, like, if my name is a number one best-selling author, whatever it is, I don't care about that. As long as the people that I'm that's around me are happy, that's it. Dude, I don't I can't think of a better way to end this podcast here, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you? Your YouTube channel, everything that you're about. Shout out yourself. Big Instagram guy, so Josh H. Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. Uh, you'll find everything through there. Um, the in-betweeners is our YouTube channel. You can't really search it right now because we haven't had enough subscribers to change our name and there's a uk tv show okay. so that's what's gonna pop up but um go to my youtube and you'll find everything through there or just click oh, sorry, the link Instagram. in the description here i'll try to make it easy for people as well go subscribe it's fire content thank you so much for joining me today brother i appreciate you i'm glad to call you a friend a brother a homie appreciate you man thanks for having me man it was fun thanks a lot